do think that there is maybe a, a quite an elitist view of well these are just adrenaline junkies they enjoy getting themselves hurt and, and throwing themselves around and getting into fights so let them <laughs> you know maybe there is quite a perception that it doesn't take any real skill or training to do that when i i, I just wouldn't really agree with that at all Hello and welcome back to Geek Sweat, your filmmaker's podcast for news, reviews and interviews. We are bringing you the segment that is Hot Topic. With me today is our greatest and latest presenter, Jay. Thank you for joining us. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you back. And as part of this segment, we are opening the door to podcasters around the world. So, Jay, would you like to meet our new guest? I sure would. So, today, our listeners will be introduced to a podcaster who's on the other side of the internet, who has a podcast called Audio Visual Cultures. Please welcome Paula Blair. Hello, Paula. Hi, Trevor. Hi, Jay. It's so great to meet you. Hi, welcome. Thank you for bringing your expertise in film to our podcast. We're really looking forward to talking to you about our next subject. But before we dip into that, could you tell us a little bit more about the premise of your own podcast? Absolutely. So Audiovisual Cultures is a podcast that explores different areas of film, the arts and media. And often this involves interviews with guests talking about their practice or their research, um, sometimes both. Uh, we do also have some episodes where we'll take a close look at something really specific. So, for example, that might be a post-screening discussion. This really comes from my background in film studies academia. So it's probably quite a traditional film studies uh, tertiary education and in my PhD, I began looking more at areas of convergence between film and the visual arts. Um, you know, so I studied a lot of artist cinema and video installation, that kind of thing. Um, but also where artists might have been influenced by works of cinema, but and where works of cinema may have been influenced by the art world and so on and so forth. So really, the podcast is a very broad extension of that, where we're trying to break down those boundaries and I suppose gatekeeping between different categories of ways of looking at things so whether it's cinema or art or television so on and so forth okay thanks for letting us know and can I can I just say something I think this is probably the first time we've had a doctor yeah. on our podcast <laughs> um this will be the first official doctor we've had We've had nice. Doctor Who's. We've That's had a guy. Not the same thing. We've had a guy call himself Doctor Gary, but I think <laughs> it's slightly in jest in a kind of a Doctor Dre type of way. So yeah, thank you for gracing us with your doctorate. I do have a certificate, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. there we go. Oh, it's a lot of hard work. PhDs. I've I've steered away from one of those yeah. myself. So yeah. do you know what? It, it makes it sound like um, there's a quote from uh, this TV series called Community where. The character oh, yeah. Jeff says something like, oh, someone says to Jeff, I thought you had a certificate from Columbia. And he goes, yeah, now I need to get one from America. And I feel <laughs> like that's the type of quality of uh, expertise we've had compared to yourself beforehand. But oh. yeah, it's great to have you on the show. And I was obviously very deliberate to select you as well. You're very kind. I wanted to talk about acknowledgement as well in terms of the Oscars, because that mm. is the theme of our hot topic today. And it's basically about verification, validation, and maybe whether people have the same status. So the premise or the idea of this show is to look at 
should stunts and stunt performers have their own category in the Oscars? Now, just to give you guys a bit of background on this, I took some inspiration from a website called oscarforstunts.com, so I'm going to make some references to that. And they make an opening statement that is, since 1993, the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences has refused to acknowledge the contribution of stunt work to the art of filmmaking with their repeated opposition to an Oscar category for the stunt coordinator's role. They also go on to say, in the 27 years since stunt coordinators were first admitted into the Academy to develop a category, the sustained rejection and current shutdown of any further discussions have become tantamount to a determination by AMPAS, which I'll try and find the acronym for later, that stunts and actions are insignificant contributions to film and not worthy of an Oscar. So I'm just going to throw this out to Jay first. What do you think of that statement? And was it of concern to you at any time in the past? You know what? It makes me angry because I have seen so many films where the majority of the film was stunt. Yeah. To have that statement that, you know, they're they're not worthy of of their own category, I I just think it's a slap in the face. If I was in stunts myself, I'd be like, screw you, Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Um, Because, you know, I, I, I think that's... Out of line. I mean, I, I think in, in terms of cinema, mm. a lot of stunts is what creates the entertainment. It's yeah. the sequences, the choreography of stunts. Mm. So, yeah, no, I totally disagree with that, yeah. that statement. And then there's also the element of um, health and safety, the death-defying stunts, and the fact that if you didn't have stunt coordinators on particular roles, there'll be more health and safety and danger issues and probably lives lost in the production of some of these films. But over to you, Paula. What's your opinion on the statement that's just been repeated by OscarsForStunts.com and perhaps other corners of a stunt coordinator's legion? Well, I think it's really telling that they ended up actually establishing their own awards ceremony. Um, I don't know if you know about TaurusWorldStuntAwards.com. They established their own community and awards ceremony, and it is based in Hollywood. I mean, it's called World Stunt Awards, but actually it's very Hollywood-centric, very like the Academy Awards. Um, But it's, you know, it's something, and I think that's really important. And I think, you know, it is very much patting their own backs, but no one else is doing it, so... You know, they need to be acknowledged. I mean, they're doing, as you've mentioned, incredibly difficult, dangerous work. And it does become lethal sometimes, yeah. you know, even quite recently. Um, we've seen a, you know, a death of somebody in a crew because of a sunk, well, a practice going wrong of sure. a stunt, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, absolutely, there needs to be acknowledgement. I mean, I think before we can even really get to the, the Academy Awards, because I, I can't even think of just any of the awards ceremony, certainly none of the really prestigious ones that acknowledge stunt mm. performance or stunt coordination. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, as you mentioned as well, just trying to get people fair pay mm. and, you know, fair recompense for their work, because a lot of us take for granted what the industry is even like. But for stunt performers and stunt coordinators, I think specifically stunt performers, if they turn up for a day's work on a set, mm. if they are there the whole day, and I mean, I'm t- we're talking 16, 18 hour days, sometimes yeah. very, very long hours. Mm. If they don't work, if they don't actually shoot a scene 
at all mm. they don't get paid for that whole day they've been yeah. on a set mm. you know so like it's it's a sort of workers rights issue yeah. you know even before we can even get to right let's acknowledge these mm. people properly and, and another thing i wanted to just add about this kind of 16 hour days is when you have an actor who goes on set you can get the line wrong and get a retake when you have a makeup artist who, and I'm not saying anything bad about makeup artists, but makeup artists can probably change or apply the makeup or modify it. With stunt coordinators, if they make a mistake, somebody dies. It's not a mm. kind of, um, oh, we'll get another take and bring another Johnny Blaze 2 in. It's mm. going to be, oh, no, set production shut down yeah. and everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and even some stunts you cannot repeat. Yeah. For, for a, a number of reasons. Sure. Um, so sometimes they are very much one-shots. Mm. And the thing is, the reason why I mentioned Oscars is not just to be sensationalist, but the website that I'd referred to actually name-drops some big hitters which have not uh, received its due care and attention. So what I'm going to do is just reel off a couple of film title names you may have heard of before with the uh, relative Oscar nominations and the number of stunt scenes that were counted. So Braveheart is a 10 Oscar nomination film with five wins, including Best Pictures. That has 33 stunts. Inception, eight Oscar nominations with four wins. That has 20 stunts. And I think we can remember quite a lot of them spinning around and probably even falling out of our chair watching Arthur trying to fight people in a spinning hotel room. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, 11 Oscar nom nominations, 11 wins, including Best Picture, 24 stunt scenes, and more recently, Black Panther, six Oscar nominations, three wins, 30 stunt scenes. And uh, probably one we should mention because of a, a recent fracas between Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron, Mad Max Fury Road, uh, probably should have been called Mad Max Fury Actors, but 10 Oscar nominations, six wins, and of course, 50 stunt scenes. So we're talking about some... Stunt, the stunts aren't just made for like schlocky straight to DVD films that are going to be TV movies. Like these are the best and brightest of what's ever been on the screen of all time. So how do you feel about that, Paula? Hmm. Yeah, and I think it's important to point out those statistics, but I would also add that what a lot of us don't realise what actually is considered to be a stunt a lot of the time. I mean, this can just be basic driving, mm. you know, or riding a bicycle. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, so maybe part of the issue is, well, well, where where do we draw the line? Like, is it only the big spectacular stuff mm. or is it just the the everyday quite normal stuff that could could still be dangerous in its own way or it's just protecting yeah. an actor in some way but it's not maybe that much of a big deal compared to jumping off a building or yeah. you know running through fire for example where do they put a boundary mm. around what we would even consider to award um, and then is there a hierarchy within the stunts that would need to be performed because there's so there's just so many areas they can go through so it's maybe there's an issue of i don't know you know how do we untangle all of this you know maybe that's part of it yeah i mean i wanted to ask a question to both of you about stunts that you may have been impressed by and uh, but just to touch on one thing stunts can be anything from obviously tom cruise running into a building and breaking his ankle from the 10th floor also when an actor is on a rooftop of a large building and a helicopter's landing or taking off that is also a stunt as well because of the, the danger, danger of the rotor yeah. blades etc but um jay for you is there a particular stunt that you've seen on film that you've been 
largely impressed by it or you just can't get your head around how did they do that? Quite a lot, actually, um, mm. because there are so many things that I would never do myself. And so I appreciate that someone else has the athleticism yeah. to do it. And also, mm. you know, the maybe perhaps the lack of fear to do it. Yeah. Um, Assassin's Creed, for example, they, they did the the longest freefall jump for Assassin's Creed. Wow. There are lots of other things like even just crashes, Yeah. Um, you know, car crashes, they're quite dangerous and I I would never want to be in one myself in real life so why would I want one that was staged as well yeah. Um, so yeah I, I, I have the utmost respect for, for people who, who put themselves in danger for my entertainment essentially sure. um, so in a lot of ways you know it's a sequence hmm. as well not just a one thing yeah. Um, and so I, I appreciate all of that, yeah. Paula, how about yourself? Is there anything that kind of stood out for you in the film industry or in a recent film for you that you kind of took your breath away? Yeah, I've been trying to think about this because I, I really can only go by just what I can remember. Mm. <laughs> it's so hard to remember like, just off the cuff, isn't it? It's yeah. like, because there are so many, there are so many, like, there you are. know, just some mm. of the, the films that you've just sat down and enjoyed and just yeah. really been immersed mm -hmm. in yeah you know some of them you just the stunt sequences are so seamless that you don't even realize that you're watching stunts mm. um and that's the the joy of, yeah. of 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 what they do yeah i mean i think we should probably like give a shout out to things like crouching tiger hidden dragon with the the wire work stunts which is actually elevating actors off the floor with weapons and uh, you've also got the Matrix, which has got a lot of rooftop fight scenes as well. Or e even the Matrix Reloaded, I think it was, where you've got a lot of fight scenes that have taken place on like high elevated platforms. Um, I wanted to give a special shout out to Jackie Chan as well, because if anyone's yeah. been familiar with any of his films like Meals on Wheels, uh, Police Story, I think it is in Project X, I think. He if, does all the stunts in all of his films. Exactly. So he's broken so many bones. And if you're one of these fans of uh, the new superhero style of watching end credit trailers, check out the end credit trailers of the Jackie Chan films because you get a great opportunity to see how the stunts have gone wrong and how many near misses and takes he did to kind of get that perfect moment for the audience on the screen. Mm -hmm. I think that brings home the reality of a don't try this at home, kids, you know? Yeah. Sorry, back to Paula. I cut her off earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Paula. That's okay. Um, I think uh, it probably says a lot about my sense of humour that I quite like films that are quite reflexive in drawing attention to things. So um, I did quite recently watch The Other Guys. Um, yeah. It's It just kept coming up on Netflix, I think, because I'd quite spontaneously without planning it had been watching quite a few films directed by Adam McKay recently so sure. that had come up and I didn't really take any notice of it before but I give it a go and it's so full of all kinds of stunts and they are audacious you know they're obvious because it's Adam McKay so he he's poking fun at the industry he's poking mm. fun at well quite a lot of things and being quite satirical yeah and uh, I think I appreciate it there because it, it wants you to notice it. It wants you to go, isn't this mad that these people are jumping off a building? Isn't this explosion just a bit too much? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they actually make fun of it and they say like, 
why do they walk away from them in movies? I, I can yeah. not feel my face, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, you're actually calling attention to it and making fun of it and showing actually this is quite dangerous and yeah. painful doing all of this stuff. Absolutely. So yeah. I quite appreciated the way the film was doing that. Um, so it's not that often that uh, on IMDb you would see stunt performers actually getting credited in with the main cast, mm. but I think with that one they are. Mm. Um and uh, that that's so that's quite telling and interesting where they actually felt that right these guys were doing most of the work here yeah. so um, let's get them right up there um, and you know really quite silly examples where um, if you've ever seen Spaceballs it's one of my favorite movies yeah. but um, you know there is a scene in that where uh, they're all running away from the bad guys and um, the main cast mm. uh, they, they get away but their stunt doubles are captured you know and they yeah. really poke fun at all of that and they're just showing you this dude in a wig but in a wedding dress so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know uh, I, I love that where it's just called attention to but yeah. um, you know but then you know and more serious films, like I thought, uh, Old Guard, you know, with Charlie's, oh, Charlie's for run again. Yeah. I thought that was amazing, that film. And it was one of those afterwards where you, do you know what, Flip, that was the action and that was just relentless, yeah. do you know, and they, it was really so well designed and everything. Um, so yeah, there's a, when, once you start thinking about it, there's loads of really good examples, but even things like, um, dance films you know for example mm. you, you know if you if you, you that's a very fine line where you the choreography of fights and dances actually can sure. cross over each other mm. quite a bit so i think a lot of dance films have quite a lot of stunts in them if you know what i mean where you know you'll need a stunt performer to come in and do a specific jump or something like that and um, i think that can be quite impressive as well what do you think is the main reason why there's a hold up like for the stunts to be recognized jay i think they're just being elitist because oscars is an actors guild mm. what they're not recognizing is is that a lot of these stuntmen mm. or stunt women they're actors themselves yeah um and they're also pretending to be something they are not yeah yeah, yeah. um and so i think that it it all comes down to snobbery mm. yeah i would uh, agree with jay really it might be just too difficult to decide well who's just sitting in a car standing in for somebody while it's being driven and who's jumping off a building you know these are very different things and yet they're both stunt performances so again that could be part of it but I do think that there is maybe uh, a quite an elitist view of well, these are just adrenaline junkies. They enjoy getting themselves hurt and, and throwing themselves around and getting into fights. So pff, let them, <laughs> you know, maybe there is quite a perception that um, it doesn't take any real skill or or any or, or training to do that when I, I just wouldn't really agree with that at all. I think it's not just bravery, but I think, you know, to keep yourself safe and those really dangerous situations you know to, you know especially with things like where you're operating a vehicle you know that's a tremendous skill and no matter how skilled you are that can go incredibly wrong and it has gone incredibly wrong we've lost a lot of stunt performers because of things just not you know just not hitting the brake quite right or just having an off day and you know things have gone wrong you know, there's, there's so many issues going on there. I mean, maybe there's a problem with lack of training in some respects, but I think there is more training than we realise as well going on. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of, you know, especially the sequences that were 
require such, you know, um, you know, long-term planning, just getting the timing right, getting things going off at the right time so that someone doesn't get killed because yeah, that's the last thing you want on a, on a set because if you lose your key stunt person, you kind of have to start again training that person to do that particular stunt. So, yeah, no, I totally agree with what you're saying there, Paula. I want to add something else to the conversation, which is obviously two films which have been part of the public conscious recently or in the last t uh, 10 years, John Wick, the series. There's a John Wick 1, there's a John Wick 2, there's a John Wick 3. But I think it should also be brought to the attention that the director of John Wick is some guy called Chad Stahelski, who is actually a stunts performer yep. with a kickboxing background. And um, he's worked as an instructor at the Inno Santo Martial Arts Academy in California. He's also taught Jeet Kune Do, uh, which is obviously famous for Bruce Lee bringing it into the public conscience. And he's worked on films like Bloodsport 3 as well. But the issue is he introduced uh, what they now call as gunfu, which is the martial arts style uh, combining with loading and reloading a weapon as part of combat, which is famous for the John Wick brand. But I don't think that film gets made unless you put a stuntman in the director's chair. When you see a John Wick film, it's like you get to see the coordinated, um, what's the word, the dance, as it were, between one fighter and another and the sequence of moves they had to get from one set of I'm fighting you with guns to I'm fighting with my hands and to I'm fighting you with these two items we've improvised with that we just found on the floor. So I think the stuntmen are doing so much technical things. They are also storytelling as well, aren't they? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'll, you know, as I've said before, you know, a lot of the films, you know, 80% stunts mm. of some sort, and that's still part of the story, you know, that's still part of creating the character, creating the environment. Mm. And there's one other film I wanted to mention, which is Drive, which um, is famously uh, with Ryan Gosling, directed by Nicholas Winden Refn, but that's actually a story about a stuntman. So it's not even to say these people in the industry who are in the shadows are boring people who haven't got nothing better to do. Like they've got exciting stories to tell even on their own without the artifice of Hollywood. So what do you think it's going to take to get people to take stunts more seriously? In the Oscar category, at least. This is very, very behind the scenes type stuff. And what is Hollywood built on? The idea of magic and illusion. It sure. doesn't want people to know the labor that goes into making movies so i think that's part of the issue i mean that's where the likes of film education comes in but mm. the general public doesn't necessarily want or needs a film education you know and certainly not necessarily the boring production side of stuff which, which isn't boring to me but to a lot of people it might be um although i think you know making of type things you know documentaries and things are of interest but they're you know they're shoved into dvd extras mm. and you know they're not necessarily expected to be watched necessarily by everyone and, you know, it's always, well, who's getting talked to? It's the, the main actors and it's the director, maybe a producer who's a big, well-known name, mm. that sort of thing. Maybe you'll get some stunt stuff because it's a bit of fun, you know, and yeah. it's letting you in a little bit mm. uh, behind the scenes. But they won't go into the day-to-day -day type stuff. They won't 
fully break the illusion mm. you know they won't they won't you know let make you privy to things like well that person in that car is just somebody in a wig it's not actually the main actor yeah. <laughs> you know mm. it's uh you know that and that's a stunt um so I think it's that it's the catch 22 of well people just need to have more awareness yeah. of how that process works mm. but the industry doesn't necessarily want there to be more awareness of how that process works because sure. it takes some of their magic away if, if that makes From sense the so actual you're, you're star, just, yeah. yeah exactly yeah yeah they want you to believe that you may an actor that you've paid the money to see is doing that you, you don't want to be sitting there thinking while you're watching oh I bet that's somebody in a wig or yeah. I bet you that how did they find somebody who had the exact shade of skin color of that yeah. person yeah, you know or, or oh that they're in <laughs> shadow in that scene because they're not actually that color or you know, dead on arrival a, DOA take note oh look, I, exactly I, I was, yeah um... uh, they're in a wig because they don't actually have hair like that you know, <laughs> so yeah. on and so, so, sometimes it's a totally yeah. different gender as well I was yeah. watching um some background um, takes for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. Sarah Michelle Gellar's quite petite. Yeah. And um, they were showing fight sequences with her stunt double and she's like a foot taller. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. sometimes it was a man as well. So it's like, yeah. so yeah. And you don't realise a lot of this stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but I totally understand the whole, you know, taking away the magic idea. But I still think that um, public need to be aware so that they can show more appreciation because for the industry mm. st stunts are so important to for, for a lot of these these films that we watch mm. for the entertainment in industry what i want to ask as a final question is because i even forgot about once upon a time in hollywood that's a story with cliff booth uh, played by brad pitt as a, a stuntman if you had to force or shoehorn one stunt moment in film into this year's Oscar nominations, mm. uh, what would you pick? Even if it's a belated one, so even if it, so across time, what would you shoot on say, if you're gonna start giving stunt Oscars out, you have to kind of nominate this moment. So I'll start off, the, uh, the truck flipping scene in Batman Dark Knight is probably the best one for me. Um, when that flips over, smashes, crashes, and slides along the floor. Is there anything that you guys can think of? Oh, you know what? Uh, not off the top of my head, but yeah. I've always admired like huge battle sequences. Okay. So, you know, just especially ones with live animals, with horses and things oh, like so that. Oh, like a Braveheart or Alexander. Yeah, because yeah. I mean like just the, the, the thought that goes into putting that kind of scene together. Yeah, yeah. I'm Lord of the Rings yeah. for... Um, the Last Samurai? Last, well, actually, a lot of them, you know, yeah. with all of those battle sequences, Vikings, and it's not just film, it's, you know, TV, you yeah. know, made for TV. Game of Thrones. Yeah, well. Game of Thrones, yeah. that kind of stuff as well. So any kind of thing that is like big, big battle sequences. And you've got more than 20 people throwing swords and exactly. armor at each other. Because yeah. you can just imagine how many people get hurt in those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Uh, Paula, would you nominate anything? Yeah, I think that's a that's a good shout. Um, really good question. Um, you brought it up earlier, and I had thought of this before we spoke as well. But I have a real soft spot for Mad Max Fury Road, okay. and I just think there's so much going on in mm. some of the big chase sequences. Yeah, yeah. In that, you know, um, it's the and, convoy. Uh, you're talking about the convoy chasing yeah. across the desert. Yeah. 
yeah there's just mm. loads going on um you know there's people playing instruments in the middle of that yeah there's a, i think there's a guitarist on a spring going yeah. backwards and yeah. forwards yeah that's it they're going backwards and forwards in these things so there's loads of harness work there's loads of weapon work there's lots of jagged props and sets and things and um you know uh, People, uh, people, including you know, pregnant characters getting pulled out of vehicles, and mm. you know, there's just so much going on in these sequences, and they're pretty relentless. So that was something that had come to mind earlier uh, as well. So, so maybe something like that. There's probably far better answers, but that 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 that, that one I think was cool, had cool. definitely come to mind. Nice. Today. So, Oscars, you have been warned. Mad yeah. Max Fury Road at least one of the Lord of the Rings from Jamie and basically anything that Donnie Yen's been in. Just get your finger <laughs> out, start sculpting them awards now and start giving out those yeah, props. I, I think just going back to Jackie Chan, because he did get a um, an award. It was just a hon- honorary yeah. Oscar, didn't he? For, yeah, yeah. For battle work. scars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And broken Which legs. Which was quite nice, but um, yeah. still it's... Uh, yeah, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, and it probably gives other people but needs to more. It probably gives people something to aspire to as well because there's so much stuff that goes on behind the camera that um, it could be reigniting the film industry in a slightly different way. Yeah, yeah. So before we close and wrap this episode we'd like to speak a bit more to our guest and we'd like to find a bit more from you paul about the audio visual cultures podcast now could you tell me a bit more about maybe what your favorite episode is that you've recorded so far probably one that's up there is one that's going to come out next and it's one i did with my partner and it is a super massive nerd fest about star trek so it's really quite silly uh very very nerdy and um it's really about well when we went into this whatever you want to call this past couple of years um I had never seen really or been interested in Star Trek ever in my life and my partner just really wanted to watch the next generation uh, and and asked me if I'd give it a go and two years later we're still doing Trek and I'm a late in life Trekkie and we're we're just going for it we're trying to do all the Star Trek so sure. it's, it's just a big kind of talking out this and um, it's quite silly as well as being quite analytical and uh, speaking of nerds and anyone who's got access to a smartphone or a laptop or connection to the internet how can people find you and your podcast online the podcast is AV Cultures Pod that's on all our socials that's what we are and our website is audiovisualcultures.com so it's all lowercase, all one word. Um, if you want to find me, I'm at bio.link forward slash P-E-A-B-L-A-I-R. So P Blair. Um, you'll get all my links or all my stuff that way. And um, yeah, so just while I've got the mic, just wanted to really, really thank you for having me because it's been really fun. And um yeah, just delighted to have been invited to do this. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And I'm sure Jay has loved having you here, but let her say it for herself. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's always nice to have some new blood. I mean, like, I hope we get you back again for another little chit chat. It's been great. Yeah. I'd love that. I'd really love that. Cool. So that was your doctor, Paula Blair, from <laughs> the Audio 
Visual Cultures podcast. You can find out more from the social media she's told you about, or you can follow the hashtag links or the hyperlinks to her name in the description of the episode. Thank you for listening to our hot topic. Thank you, Jay, for joining us again and seeing us through. Yeah, thanks for having me again. And I've been your host, TJ. Thank you for listening. And if you'd like to find out more about the Geeks Web podcast, just find us on any of your preferred streaming platforms and type in G-E-E-K-S-W-E-A-T. And you should find us there soon. Take care for now.